Why don't we give Ty a hand as he comes now to bring God's Word, that'd be great. Thank you, Twig. Thanks, church family. It's good to have you here tonight. And I wanted to say too, make sure you hang out afterwards. We've got nachos going on outside for dinner, uh, which will be very nice. And we've got a whole lot of new board games as well. So make sure you stick around. That'll be a bit of fun. Uh, we're actually starting a bit of a new series this week. Um, and we started in the morning and we're starting at night as well. And we're looking at the Christmas story from different people's perspective. And tonight we're looking at the Christmas story from Mary's perspective. Um, And as I was thinking about this and looking at the story, um, it made me think about oftentimes we don't know what the outcome is going to be. There might be an uncertain outcome. And maybe for some of you, you like that. You find that a bit exciting. You don't know how things are going to pan out. But maybe for some of you, you really don't like that. So you you might be able to think to yourself um, what type of person you are in that. But I think for a lot of us, the unknown isn't great. I don't know. Maybe for you, you love the unknown. But I don't think many people do. Um, But maybe for you, when you read a book, um, if you're a book reader, um, you you turn to the back of the book to find the ending of the book. So then you feel, okay, great, now I can read this book. So then you read the book. Um, There's some people out there that do that. Um, Maybe for you, uh, as you watch movies, um, you will watch a movie and then you know the ending of it. So then you'll just keep watching that movie because it's a great movie. You know the ending and it's just like, you can be like, yep, I know I'm not going to get stressed because I know what happens at the end. Maybe if you, you watch the end of the movie, so then you decide I'm not going to watch the rest of it because it's too sad. There's, there's many people that respond differently. And I reckon one of the biggest things is when you watch um, sport. Because often, well, all the time, sport is live unless you watch it afterwards. Um, and it's very exhilarating and exciting to know the outcome of a sporting event. And as a family, we've always appreciated watching sport together. Um, and sometimes what we would do is if we weren't going to be at home together to watch it because someone was out or something, we'd record it, we'd try not to talk to anyone about the game and then we'd set up and we'd watch the game together. That's normally what we'd do. But the rule was that you couldn't you know, go on social media or anything like that because you couldn't wreck it for anyone else. And when we were younger, um, there was just this time that um, dad had to go into work and normally we would record the game and watch it afterwards, but my brother and I were too excited and we said, mum, we'll just watch it and then when dad comes home, we'll just watch it again with him. And mum thought, oh, your father will be fine with that. Yeah, you can do it. And anyway, it wasn't that it was going to be a lie. If dad asked us, have you watched it? We would say yes. Um, So anyway, mum just said the number one rule is, you know, your father is so excited to watch this game, you cannot tell him who wins. And I said, that's fine. So that's my brother. And my brother said, there is no chance Ty's going to be able to hold on to whoever wins or loses. And I thought, are you kidding me? And I thought, I'm going to prove this point. So anyway, we watched the game. It was Broncos Warriors. Broncos got the win. As a family, we support the Broncos. Pretty stoked about that. Anyway, dad arrives home. And the first thing I said to him, I said, dad... I am not telling you the ending, but all I know is you're going to be a very happy man. <laughs> anyway, my mum didn't need to get me in trouble because my brother just gave it to me. I genuinely thought, I didn't tell dad the Broncos won. Uh, dad was very gracious to me. He still watched the game knowing that he was going to be a very happy man. He, he often didn't get happy if the Warriors won, so I don't... Anyway, but quite often... Um, If we know the outcome, that can change things. And what I really want to say tonight is we're going to look at this Christmas story from Mary's perspective. And we, like, I really encourage you to think through her lens to go, she didn't know the full outcome. 
We read a Bible story now and we think, oh, that's an awesome story. That's really cool. I love how that happened. But for her, she's in the middle of it. All she had was what God had spoken to her and she just had to trust in God. And, and I really encourage you tonight as we look at this Christmas story to appreciate that. That it's this for her, it is this unknown, but all she had was to trust in what God was saying. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna do something a bit different tonight. Um, it might never happen again, I'm not too sure. But um, if, if you're not aware, I uh, look after the kids ministry here. Um, and what we show is we show these really cool kids Bible videos, okay? It's from this church, Saddleback. They do an amazing job. And for many of us, actually, a bit of a teaching background that I have, um, a lot of us are visual learners and we appreciate a bit of a video. So tonight I've got one of our kids videos that we're gonna watch and we're gonna watch the story of Mary. So put your eyes to the screen. The story of Christmas, Mary and Joseph. This is Mary. Hi! You see, Mary was the mother of Jesus, but before that happened, she lived in the town of Nazareth. Mary had no children because she lived according to God's law <laughs> and had never been married. Oops! But she was engaged to marry a man named Joseph. Hey -o. One day, an angel came to Mary and said, Hi. Ah! That God had chosen Mary. The angel said, God is with you. But Mary was afraid and confused. Huh? She wondered what the angel was talking about. Then the angel said, Don't be afraid. God loves you and wants to use you in a great way. Uh, me? You will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be the king forever. Uh, hold on. Mary asked, but how can this happen? For she was not married yet and knew that she couldn't have a child until she was married. But the angel told Mary that the Holy Spirit would make her pregnant. Wow. So that the baby born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. Wow. The angel reminded her that nothing is impossible with God. So Mary decided to trust God and all that he had planned for her. Before their wedding, Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant. Wait, what? He thought she had done something wrong. Uh. But Joseph was a man of God and decided to break off the engagement quietly so no one around town would think badly of Mary. While Joseph was thinking about all this, an angel appeared to him in a dream. Oh, uh, hi? The angel said, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Huh, what? The angel explained that Mary's baby was from God. Wait, what? The angel told Joseph that the baby's name would be Jesus, and he would save his people from their sins. Oh, wow. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel told him. Uh, hi. You ready? Really? Yeah! And took Mary as his wife, while she was still pregnant with the Son of God. And so Joseph and Mary trusted in God, and the two followed the plan that God had given them. 
to help bring the Savior into the world. There it is. I saw a few laughs out there. A few of you are liking that. It's pretty good. But um, as we look at the um, Christmas story tonight, um, I, I really want us um, to to truly see from Mary's perspective. And I'm actually gonna pray um, and then we're gonna, we're gonna read a bit of this passage in Luke 1. Dearly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you share this with us right now, great God. And I pray that you'll speak to us and I pray, Lord, that we will understand how much you love us and the life that you have on offer. In your name we pray, amen. So we're going to read a little bit from Luke 1, 26 to 45. But now you've got a bit of a visual of the story and I'm going to read it with you now. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Can we just appreciate um, how maybe frightening that would be to be told those things that the angel just said to Mary. To say that the Lord will give him a throne, that he will reign and his kingdom will never end. I'm gonna keep going. The angel answered, sorry, sorry. Mary said first, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. Fair question. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive in a sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. If we read then at the bottom there at verse 45, this is what Elizabeth says to Mary. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. There's so much in this story and um, as we look at this now, I pray the Holy Spirit would speak to us. But what we see is this amazing trust that Mary has in listening to the angel and to know that it is from God and how she responds. Don't get me wrong that when the angel spoke to her at the start, she was afraid. But then as the angel spoke and said, do not be afraid, she then was listening to what the Lord had to say and was trusting in God. But can we just appreciate being told, like the thing for you right now, being told that you were going to give birth to the Son of the Most High, to, to say that you are going to be the mother of Jesus Christ, the Lord and Saviour. Like that's, that's pretty big. That would be pretty scary to hear. 
And as I shared at the start, we read these Bible stories and we know the outcome. But think about Mary in that time. Like surely in that moment, she's like, man, am I just thinking this up? Like, is this just my ego? Like what, what is happening? But we see, and we're gonna keep looking at it tonight, but we see this beautiful trust that she has in God. And I shared it just then, but I just wanna, I just wanna share it again. In verse 45, it says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. We see this incredible thing of what Mary is doing by trusting in God. And, and something that we quite often, and I was wrestling with it this week, something that we often make clear, and, and we share it from the Word of God, it's not like this concept isn't from the Word of God. We share it from the Word of God, and preachers often say it when they're sharing Bible stories, is to say, I just wanna say, there was nothing special about Mary. She was an ordinary person. And I was thinking, why, why is that such an emphasis? You know, why, why is that something that we often will say? And as I was thinking about that, I was actually chatting to Pastor Peter about it. And, and he, he reminded me, he said, well, keep reading in this story. It actually gives you the answer to that. It actually tells you. And in Luke 1 verse 48, it says, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant." And what it actually is, is when we hear these incredible stories of the Bible and we make it so clear that this person isn't this amazing, special person, what it actually is, is it's maybe not so much on us focusing on whether they're special or not. It's actually their humble heart towards God. That's what it is. And Mary had a humble heart towards God. And in all these stories that we read, and we hear different things, what it actually is, is God chooses the humble in heart, those who have a humble heart towards Him. Because I think if we're being honest, if we don't have a humble heart towards God, we actually won't want to know what He has to say to us. We won't want to trust in Him. So I ask you tonight, pretty hard-hitting question at the start. It's something that I asked myself this week as I, as I read that and had that revelation is, do I have a humble heart towards God? And as we look at this, we see that Mary did have a humble heart towards God. It's, it's made very clear in Scripture there. But there are still some things that might um, hold us back or different things that we might struggle to trust in God. What, what are some things? Why? Why do we sometimes still not trust in God? Even if our heart is humble towards God to say, God, I want to listen. I want to trust in you. But what are some things? And as I looked at this story, I believe one thing is, is fear. The fear of the unknown, not knowing what will come. The first thing when the angel spoke to Mary was Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But then we see in verse 30, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. But, but her first reaction was to be afraid. But she then trusted in God. And as I looked at this story, I thought of, of fear and what were some things that maybe Mary could have very rightfully been fearful of? I think one thing would be quite worried about what people were gonna think of her. This woman that's just about to get married and then all of a sudden she's pregnant. You know, for her, that would have been very stressful. Another thing for her could have been, I probably just don't want that responsibility. 
Like it's one of those things like that she could potentially say to God, God, that's a beautiful offer, but maybe choose someone else. And I, and I could probably say, oh, I could relate to that. You know, not just because I'm a male, but also because it's like that is a massive responsibility. And there are things in our life that God calls us to and we could say, I'm I'm not sure what that will look like. I don't wanna step into that. So I think fear can be something that holds us back from trusting in God. Another thing I think is, is doubt. Not believing in God. And maybe for us, we have perceived that God has let us down in the future. Maybe there was something in your life that you were really expecting or you were really praying for. And for you, it feels like God has let you down. When in fact, if, if we know and we trust God, we actually know that He knows what's best for us. So we can look at that situation and either think God's let us down or think, man, God had other plans for me. But maybe for you, there is doubt because there seems to be prayers that are not answered. And I think I really challenge you to relook at that tonight and think, well, if, if God is who he says he is and if he is my heavenly father, maybe it's not that he hasn't answered my prayers, but maybe he has answered it in a different way than what I was wanting. And maybe for you, it is a, a bit of doubt to say, is God really capable to do that? Because let's be real, often when God calls us into things, it is humanly impossible. And Jesus says that. With humans, there are many things that are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So I said fear, I said doubt. The other thing for us is, is maybe for you is genuinely just a lack of understanding of who God is. A lack of understanding of the word of God. Maybe for you, you, you haven't really got to know God and his character. So it's hard to trust. You're like, what am I trusting in? And I encourage you to get to know God. So I've just talked about some things that are maybe holding us back from trusting in God. I've just shared some things that maybe why we're not trusting God. But I wanna share what it looks like to trust God. If we look at this story, what does it look like? I think the first thing is, as we look at the story of Mary, trust begins with submitting to the will of God. To submit to the will of God and say, hey God, I want your will for my life. That takes a humble heart. Because that's saying, God, you actually know best. So I'm gonna ask what you want for my life. That's a pretty big step though. But Mary said in Luke 1, 38, I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. She's saying, Lord, I'm here. I'm your servant. Let's make it happen. And that's our prayer for tonight. So the first thing, what does it look like to trust God? I believe it, it begins with submitting to the will of God, having a humble heart and saying, God, what do you want for my life? The next thing I think is taking one step at a time. Not being so fearful and concerned about all these other things that might come. I don't know if many of you have moved houses or packed up your house. Can I just say, if you don't pack up one box at a time, it is so overwhelming. 
If you go into a room, look and think, oh my goodness, how am I going to pack up all of this? And then you walk out and then you walk into another room and think, how am I going to pack that up? And you keep doing that. I, I can tell you, you're probably not going to pack up your house very well. You honestly have to do one box at a time. Um, often we will do a bit of a clean out of our house. And what my uh, mother often will do was she'll start in the garage and think, I'll oh, clean out the garage. And that's the focus for the day. But she'll go in the garage and then see something and think, oh, this needs to go in the kitchen. So then she'll go in the kitchen and think, oh, no, the kitchen needs to be cleaned. So then she'll start cleaning the kitchen. Then she'll find something and think, oh, this needs to go in the living room. Oh, then the living room starts to get tidied. You know, and then it becomes this very stressful thing. You know, it's like, let's just start at one place at a time. To be fair, my mum gets it all cleaned anyway, so good on your mum. But that's not the point of the story. And, and don't try that. It's really not a great method. But it really has to be one box at a time. It has to be one step at a time when we're trusting in God. And I think if we look at Mary, if she had to start think about what it could have entailed to be the mother of the Son of God and start letting her mind spiral, I'm pretty sure that would have been pretty stressful. But she just focused on the fact that God had sent an angel to say, you are going to give birth to the Son of God. And that was stressful within itself, but she just focused on that. And isn't that so true for our life? We just need to take one step at a time as we're trusting in God. Matthew 6, 34 makes it very clear. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about self. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that true? It's really true, and it's from the Word of God. The other thing I think is so important is we need to hold on to the promises of God when we have doubt. We need to remind ourselves who God is. We need to remind ourselves of what God said to us, how he revealed himself to us. In, in the chapter after we read the Christmas story in Luke 2, it says in, in verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She would have had to keep reminding herself, keep reminding herself, no, this is what God has called me to do and I'm gonna do this. And the last thing is um, Mary worshipped God. And as I was talking about before about something that might hold us back is a lack of understanding. Well, there can definitely be times where we struggle to understand the will of God. We might have submitted to the will of God but then we don't understand the will of God. And actually for me, um, a few months ago, something very tragic happened and there was a few of us praying together and I was genuinely really struggling with God to understand why he let it happen. And, and, I, and I, was, I was really struggling. And my mate said to me, we actually just need to worship God right now. We need to, we need to sing praises to him. And I remember that moment thinking, that is, that is not what I feel like doing right now. And he said, no, that's what we have to do. We have to praise God right now. And was, to be honest, I just thought, oh, I, I, that's not what I want to do right now. I'm, I'm so, to be honest, frustrated with God. But in that moment, we, we ended up worshiping God together. And, and I can honestly say it was in that time that I was reminded of who God is, that he is God. I'm not God. I might not understand his ways, but I trust him. And I'm going to follow in that, whatever it looks like. And we actually see that Mary, that is how she responded, was a song of praise. 
In verse 46, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour, for he has looked at the, on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And it goes on and it's this beautiful song of praise that Mary sung to the Lord. And I encourage us, what does that look like? To trust in God. I believe it's to submit to the will of God, to have a humble heart. God, what do you want for my life? To take one step at a time, to hold on to the promises of God and to worship Him daily. So if we look at it right now in our own life, we've just looked at Mary's, we've just looked at this story, but in our own life right now, every single one of us, what does that look like for us? What does that look like to submit to the will of God? Maybe for you, you've you've never actually asked God, God, what do you want for my life? What plans do you have? And maybe for you tonight, that's the first thing to say, God, I'm submitting to you. Whatever you want with my life, I wanna follow you. Maybe for you, it's a particular area of your life that you need to submit to God that you know you're not. Maybe it's been for a while that you know that you haven't handed it over to God. Maybe for you too, you've been praying for something in particular. And maybe it's to actually surrender that to God. Maybe you've had an ideal in your mind about something and you've just been asking God and asking God. Maybe it's been an an ideal job, the ideal family dynamic, the ideal partner, the ideal house, all, whatever it could be that you're, you've been asking God and it's actually to say, God, I submit that to you. I submit that to you. What do you want? Something that I find so beautiful is often talking to older people, not old, I didn't say old, but older people. And, and when they share with me and say, I, like, I am so glad that God has other plans than what I do when they reflect on their life and they say things like, I'm so glad God didn't answer all the prayers that I wanted him to in this way. I'm actually so glad that he knew better. And when they say things like, I'm so glad that I didn't get that house or marry that person or get that job or do this or do that. And they look back at the faithfulness of God and they say, I'm so glad that he's God. And I encourage you that tonight to submit to the will of God the other thing that I think is so important, and, and Twig mentioned it in the announcements, and we don't just say it lightly, but is the importance of prayer. When we pray, it's, it's this humble spot that we're in because we're saying, God, we need you. God, we want you. And I'm bringing this towards you. And what that is, is trust. And what I've realized is, I don't know if you've experienced this, but uh, if you're trying to do something and someone is micromanaging you, that is normally a lack of trust. And I remember this was pretty clear when uh, my brother got his license and I was in the back seat and he was driving and I was definitely micromanaging his driving. I was telling him how to steer the wheel, how to use the accelerator, how to change gears, how to use the brake. And can I say, it was so stressful driving the car from the back seat without having my hand on the steering wheel or the gear stick or the accelerator or the brake or the clutch for that sake. It was so stressful having to drive from the back seat. It was exhausting. 
And, and as I um, did that more and more, my brother pulled me aside and he said, if you ever do that to me again, I will never take you to Macca's when I get my peace. So to this day, I've never actually micromanaged his driving. He micromanages my driving all the time, but apparently I need it. So that's good. <laughs> but as we look at this, I know that if I micromanage his driving in that situation, that is because I had no trust. And it's true. I had no trust whatsoever in his driving. I really didn't. But when we pray to God, when we trust in him, we can actually let it go to God. And I truly believe that's when we experience the peace of God. When we say, I'm, I'm actually giving this to you in prayer, but I'm gonna leave it with you. And I'm gonna trust in you and not fret about it and not, don't get me wrong, that thing might come back up to our mind, but we submit it straight back to God. And finally, and I'm gonna invite the band back up now, but it's actually, as Mary responded, it is to praise God, to fix our eyes on Him and to say, you are God, you are greater, you love me so deeply and I'm gonna worship and praise you in the midst of whatever it is. And I really, as a church together, as a community, but individually, we want to be trusting in God. We really do. We heard that from the Hodges family, that they are trusting in God. They know that this is what God has for them. Doesn't, definitely doesn't make it easy. We saw the emotions there, but they are trusting in God because they're taking that step and they're going back to Cambodia because they're trusting God. And that is actually the case for every single one of us, for whatever part of our life that is. So I'm gonna pray for us now, but let's respond in worship because God is good and He is in control and He loves us deeply. So let me pray. Actually, let's jump to our feet as I pray. Lord, I thank You so much that we're here right now. We thank You that we can praise You now I pray as we fix our eyes on You that we will trust You, great God. You are mighty. We, we read these stories and Lord, we can have the same trust because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. So I pray right now, great God, the different areas of our life or different points that You actually wanna bring freedom because You don't want us to trust in ourselves. You want us to trust in You. So I thank You, Lord, that You are a great God. And I pray right now as we come to worship You, I pray that we'll realign ourselves with the amazing Father that You are. In Your Name we pray, Amen. Let's worship together.
Hey, I was just thinking, I was, um, I was reading this this afternoon and it was just interesting because Ty was just talking about trusting God and, and I was just reading in Psalm 119 this afternoon, it says, Your Word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. And it just struck me because a lamp for your feet is not something that's like, that, that shines brightly far ahead. It's, it's just, it just shows you the next few steps. And as Ty was sharing just about trusting God, I just felt that, that maybe for some of you, there's, it's not about trusting God with the, the far distant future, although we need to do that, but there may just be one or two things. One thing right now that you know you need to trust God with, maybe just one thing tomorrow or this week that you need to trust God with. It's, it's a lamp to your feet. It's just the next step that you need to trust Him with. And there may be something that you already know in your heart, you know what it is and you just need to let it go and, and say, God, I, I need to trust You with this one thing tomorrow, this week. And so I just wanna pray for you before we head out that He might give you the strength and the courage to do that. Father, I thank You for tonight. I thank You for Your Word. It's, it's powerful. Thank You for what we've heard tonight, to trust You. And we need to do that uh, with every ounce of our being if we wanna experience fullness of life. But there may be some here right now that they, they know what that is. It's, it's, it's tomorrow. They need to trust You with that thing. It's what's going on in their heart right now. It's that, uh, that, that one aspect they can't let go of. And I just wanna pray right now, great God, that firstly, You'd you'd prompt them on that thing. But secondly, you give them the courage to respond tonight, tomorrow, this week, whatever it might be. They know what it is, but I just pray, Father God, that you'd give them the courage to respond, to trust you, uh, to yield to you, to surrender to you, ultimately, great God. This is what we need for our lives. And we thank you that there's no better person to trust our lives with than to trust you. So we thank you for that, great God. Lord, such an awesome thing to come together to praise and honour and uh, worship You. We thank You and now we wanna worship You this week as we go about our lives. So we thank You, great God, and we pray all these things in Jesus' Name and all God's people said, Amen, Amen. So good to have you here tonight. So great to have you online. Feel free to hang around afterwards. We'd love to catch up with you. Oh, and if you want prayer, we'd love to pray for you. So important, we would really love to pray for you. God bless you, have a good week and we'll see you soon.